Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to the Craft Heads Podcast. I'm Tara. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Oh, God. It has been a while, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to the Craft Heads Podcast, the podcast about everything, but also nothing, where every episode is something different. Full disclosure, Tara and I are already nursing a little bit of a buzz. Um, Tommy is not with us. We really apologize for our absence. So, couple of things. Tommy had COVID a few weeks ago. Obviously, we couldn't really get together or do much during that period. Then Tara and I went to the beach uh, for her brother's wedding. We were in Outer Banks, Nags Head specifically, for 10 days, which was a great getaway and much-needed decompression. Um, plus, I've also been working on uh, a, getting a new job, and that also came to fruition. But the point is, the month of June and then leading into uh, July had a lot going on, so we apologize for our absence, but we're back with movie rundown number seven. It's a little bit shorter than usual, but that's okay. We just wanted to get some content out because we have to leave yet again for another wedding. Friend and multiple time guest Yodi is getting married. So if you were to look back on the Craft Heads catalog, you would see he's been on several episodes, but uh, it is July 5th. And the drink of the hour slash day. Tara, would you like to take this? It is called the Martinez. I got that correct, right? Yes. Okay. So it is a base of gin. It calls for Old Tom Gin, which is sweeter, allegedly. Four ingredients. Old Tom Gin. Or just gin. Sweet vermouth. Yep. Maraschino liqueur. Which is a new addition to our dry bar, because we've seen lots of cocktail recipes that called for it, and we never had it. And bitters. And bitters, indeed. And uh, we made two. So the first one that Tara made for me while I was playing Hades, I'll get to that in a minute, um, that one was... Gray Whale. Which was a recommendation from a friend, and it's really solid. I, I really enjoy that stuff. It was very smooth. The, yeah. the cocktail was very... Um, like it didn't have a bite. It didn't hurt as much. Like you could just drink it and you really felt like all the flavors really meshed well together. Yeah. And in general, like just drinking or drinking that plain, I, I think I like it a lot better oh, yeah. than the second one, which is uh, aviation, which what's that's Ryan Reynolds. Who's gin. I don't know if he, yeah, he's and it was, just like the guy behind it. He probably owns it, does the marketing for it and all that. But I, it's, they're, relatively comparable in the price range. Gray Whale might be a little bit more, but it's better, I think. Yeah, and it might just be a different type of gin. And then I had to finish off, I only had, I didn't, I didn't have enough gin, so I had to use a little bit of that Hendrix Lunar. Hendrix Lunar, that's so that, right. That might be throwing in some weird flavors as well. So who, this is just like a hodgepodge oh, of gin. Oh, that's not being fair to aviation. No, well, okay, but it's <laughs> also like a, a quarter of an ounce in four ounces total of gin. So I really don't think... It's pretty think, different, though. Yeah, but like it need a whole shot, I feel like. You like know, gin is, gin is really deep. I feel like you can go as deep, if not deeper, on gin as with any other spirit. Yeah. Certainly like bourbons and whiskeys and scotches and everything, but like gin is a... Um, I think it's very snoozed on in terms of narrowing narrowing down which botanicals you're partial to and everything else. I'm sure there's there's something for everybody when it comes to gin. We haven't had Roku in a while. I feel like I remember really liking that. Um, I think we're biased towards Japanese everything. 
Probably. Maybe. But it is good. I remember it. We had it on the Japan podcast. So, uh, newcomers, if you're wondering why we're babbling about alcohol, the other thing about Craft Heads is every single episode we have a craft beverage or drink of some kind. So, welcome if it's your first time. And also, uh, it's been a while since we were there, but I promised some shout-outs to some folks that we met um, a few weeks ago. Shout-out to our friends at Anderby Brewing in Peachtree Corners. We've been to... It's funny, that, that's our old stomping grounds, and ever since we left, a half-dozen breweries all like shot up in the past couple of years it's it's crazy how many there are there and, and they're all they're all really solid we've been to most of them but we hadn't been to anderby yet we went to dinner at is it stage there's an umlaut over the a i don't know stodge i feel stupid i'm not i'm not going to dwell on that yeah. but uh we went to anderby first just tara and i got a uh, i think we had one beer then we went yep. to dinner and then we went back because we were meeting friends for dinner three other friends and uh, we brought the whole gang back to Anderby afterward for a couple beers each. And I can remember I was I was really pleased with the the variety at Anderby. Um, there there was everything. It wasn't one of those breweries where it's just like nothing but IPAs, which was very refreshing. And there was also a really strong one, and I can't remember, and I feel terrible because it's been a few weeks now, but it, it might have been like a cherry chocolate stout or something like that, and it knocked Kelly on her ass because it was very high ABV, but very but really good and not like sickly sweet. So um, great beer, great atmosphere, and of course the bartenders, uh, the servers, uh, Johnny and Kara were the uh, individuals who were there that evening, and uh, I got to speak with Johnny a little bit more and just really a friendly guy. And a great person you'd want as your bartender. So had a lot of fun and um, looking forward to revisiting them again sometime soon. Moving on, without further ado, movie rundown number seven. Again, it's kind of short. There aren't a ton here. Um, but we, we for the newcomers, we have a list of movies. I'll tell you the, the name of the movie, maybe a 10-second synopsis, the year, critics ratings, the audience ratings according to Rotten Tomatoes, the runtime, and then, of course, our rating on whether you should watch it, skip it, avoid it at all costs, or must watch. So, Tara. First movie. Which is it? 21 Bridges. Year 2019. Critics 52. Audience 91. Runtime 139. This was the one about, it's dirty cops, you know, and like somebody trying to expose the entire thing. Um, Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. He's that guy who passed away tragically young at 43 from colon cancer. Um, Black Panther, obviously, I think is what he's most well known for. What did you think about that movie? What would your rating be? I would probably drop my pin exactly in the middle. So I'll lean to the, the, the positive and I'll say watch, soft watch. Okay. For me. If, if you're going to do soft watch, that's good because I'm going to go with the full watch. I. Full disclosure, we were watching this. Um, I think there were three of us, and we were all under the influence. I, But I loved it. I, I remember, regardless of any other exterior circumstances, I thought it was a really good movie. Like, if you're into that kind of thing, like good versus evil, uh, the cops and against dirty cops, like, you know, like in a, a noble protagonist. Yeah, I... It's, for, a, it's a good movie. I loved it. For me, I think it's just somewhat predictable i think that's why i was kind of like okay yeah like yeah. this is this is a, it's a good movie it's a good story but i just remember thinking like 
I wasn't really on the edge of my seat. I was kind of like passively watching something happening. I wouldn't I really know. disagree with that, but I also would say that predictable predictability does not preclude a movie from being good. And it had a really good cast, too, so I don't know. I thought it was good. Tara said soft yeah. watch. I'll say hard watch. So that's our, our final review on that one. The Rental, 2020, Critics 74, Audience 43, Runtime 128. We actually, believe it or not, brought this up on a podcast a long time ago. I don't even know how many ago it was, but Tommy mentioned it. I think he had watched it with some friends, said it was fun, basically, that... Uh, you know, a group of several couples goes to an Airbnb and it's rigged with cameras and they find out that people, somebody is watching them. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely a thriller. Thriller for sure. On the edge of your seat. And then even lean slightly horror later on. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's your rating? I would say definitely watch. I won't give it a must watch. It's like right below wow. must watch. Wow. Okay. We're, we're, and you know why? We're dissenting okay. here. Okay. The reason I, I don't want to give it a must watch and I'm giving it like a solid watch is because, and I don't know if this is like newer movies and maybe I'm just like so detached from like the norm. I, I don't know. And like the way that people interact with each other now and listen to me, like how they interact with each other now, like I'm 90 freaking years old, Mm -hmm. but some of the relationships and how people are talking to each other, to me, it looked like it was forced and not believable. That's the only reason, like the whole premise of the movie was, I thought really well done cabin in the woods. It's a rental, the modern Airbnb, like, Oh my God, you know, being a little freaked out and spooked but like the human interactions and relationships, like if you strip away the, like the thriller aspect of everything, it's just not believable. And I can't fucking stand watching stupid ass shit like that. I just can't stand it. Like it literally, like you're watching people arguing and I'm just like, this is unbelievable. Like this, I cannot believe that this is actually like in this movie. Like this, it literally took me out of being scared and on my edge of my seat. I was like, this is silly. This but, is some- you, but you're calling it a watch? I'm really confused here. I'm calling it a watch because of the thrillery aspect of it. I see. Okay, that's fine. So I'm- for people that get scared easy, just laugh at these silly fucking people and just pray that they die. <laughs> I'm I'm giving it a skip. I think it is a skippable thriller. And my bar is oh, pretty wow. low. But yeah, I, I didn't say avoid at all costs. It's just there are... You know what? I'm giving it a skip because I'm giving the next one a watch hmm. because it's another thriller that I was more interested in. I think we watched it the same day, actually. Fractured, 2019, uh, 59 critics, 49 audience, 140 runtime. You already know what I said, watch. But it's uh, Sam Worthington and basically a, a guy, there's a, a terrible accident with uh, a little girl and, and his wife and they go to the hospital and he checks his little girl in and then he starts having these, like, he, he doesn't know if he's having, like, a psychotic break or, or what because he, there's no record of them checking in at the hospital. And the whole movie definitely kept me guessing about, is this dude fucking nuts? Or is there, like, or a is deeper there, conspiracy? Like, some weird, deep conspiracy going on, which was, you know, relatable in its own right. And yeah. I just, in in a similar vein, you know, it's not like a... I'm making my next drink real quick here. Just a little bit of gin and seltzer. But uh, the alchemist at yes, work. That's me over here. The I just thought overall the the thriller aspects and the suspense and 
keeping me on the edge of my seat. They were better than the rental. Yes. So. Okay. I would, I would agree. I would, I don't want to backtrack, I don't want to backtrack, but I would say that I would watch fractured over the rental. Yeah. Okay. Because of what you just described, like the, on the edge of your seat, kept you guessing, yep. you, you're, you kind of feel like the main character. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Exactly. Here's one I feel very polarized on. Um, this is called Monster. 2003. Critics, 81. Audience, 81. Runtime, 149. This is a movie that I... Fun fact, couldn't finish. Me, I, I know. I... Well, I did I walk out of the room? Like, I don't did know. I, you, I, yeah. you got turned off pretty quickly in that, yeah, in that last. And, and I tried. Um, matter of fact, Jake and I were the ones that were hanging in. You and Kelly just... this We watched several movies as usual whenever we were visiting our friends in Tampa. But I will watch almost anything and see it through to completion just because I'm weird like that. Like I just like finishing things off. I figure, oh, I'm, I'm this far along. I was into this movie... Uh, at least halfway through, at least halfway through. And I just couldn't finish it. I, it was dirty. I felt grimy and horrible and it was, I wasn't enjoying it at all. And then what is really messed up is I realized, and we didn't know this going into it. I just saw the ratings. And I was like, oh, this has to be a good movie. Lesson learned. It's actually based on a true story of an American serial killer named Eileen Warnos who went ballistic in, um, she was a sex worker who killed her like male clients that she claimed were either uh, raping or attempted to rape her. And this was in 1989, 1990. And I'm, I don't know what happened. I, you know, and, and this, this woman had a tragic, hard, rough life. So just, I mean, from start to finish, if you look at her Wikipedia page, she was actually um, executed in Florida by lethal injection in 2002. And I just think it's, I think it's weird that people make movies about people like this. I don't know. I feel like people like yeah. this should kind of just disappear and just like, you know, let's move on. I don't, I don't, this I don't is, really think it's good to bring to the big screen, the glory of an individual like this. This is the type of, this I is I worded the type, that strangely. I think you know no, what I mean. This is the type of, <laughs> So I, I, after we shut the movie off, because I, I just was totally off-put by the whole entire thing, um, and like reading reading on like the Wikipedia and like looking at all the the information, you know, after the fact, I thought it was interesting. And yes, she, tragic, hard life, and all that. Um, you know, there, there's deeper there's deeper things you can dig into. Now that's the type of story that you would expect a like a docu series, like a very short like documentary aspect, not like not actors doing graphic almost graphic portrayals of rape and sodomy on screen. It's like I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm on I don't board know. With you. As an actor, I don't understand it. But again, I'm not an actor. I just. I just think that's just it, hey, disrespectful, and, and you're and you're I, like on it's just some kind of soapbox. We don't need to dwell on it. It's yeah, just yeah, that I, is I, a I, movie honestly, that earns that rating, which is hard for me to dole. If out. you're interested in that story, I would tell you to go and Wikipedia it and go and look at all you know the news articles and what have you. But for me, it's avoid at all costs. And it's crazy because um, the the actress who played uh, Eileen Warnos in the movie 
is Charlize Theron, and I'm pretty sure she won, uh, and maybe other individuals in the movie got a bunch of, they were nominated and got won awards and everything, and I'm looking here on, on Wikipedia, uh, you know, the well-known film critic Roger Ebert, he called Theron's role, quote, one of the greatest performances in the history of cinema. First of all, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But that being said, she did do a good job, but it, it was so weird seeing Charlize Theron constantly made up to look so It looked fake. Terrible. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it didn't it look did. real. It looked like someone wearing a rubber face. Yeah, it, it, was, it was rough. It was just a rough movie. Yeah. And, and yeah. here's a weird fact for you. This movie was directed by... Uh, a woman named Patty Jenkins. Uh, you know, I, I'm not just trying to summarize somebody's life here, but she has some other credits, television, short films, etc. But in terms of feature films that she's directed, 2003, Monster. That was her debut feature film. Her next movie, 2017, Wonder Woman. Oof. What? And I think Isn't Wonder, that strange? I think Wonder Woman didn't do well. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think that's true. Then I might be thinking of a different female superhero. I'm gonna look it up here. I remember seeing it. I, I thought it was okay. I also remember it being a little bit too long. But um, no, I think I'm thinking of a different movie. Yeah, I maybe. think I'm thinking of a different female superhero because I feel like I, I read recently there was a movie and I don't remember again. I don't remember the comic character, but I the movie did not do well at all. It, I it actually I think, I think I know what you're talking about. So Wonder Woman. Um, was ninety three eighty three, but then and this is this was a, a terrible decision in terms of naming the film and marketing and everything else. Three years later, the same director made another movie called Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. That was it exactly. Okay, yeah, and, and it's fifty eight critics, seventy three audience. I never watched it. I did get a, a crush on Gal Gadot from the first movie, but like, I never understood. It, was it a sequel or a prequel or I I was so annoyed by that title I never even looked into it and I still don't know and I'm xing out the window now because I just don't care. It's giving you vitriol. Yeah, it's just I don't know that that's a that was a very stupid decision. So now that we're done with that tirade, um, <laughs> next movie, Countdown, 2019, 26 critics, 72 audience, 130 runtime. Run Watch total. We are totally synced on this one. This is a great... I can't wait for the second one if they make one. Refreshingly... Original? Very violent, but hilariously violent. It's like so violent that it's funny at times. And it's it's not nonstop. It, it definitely had some good scary moments. Um, decent cast. Also, I, I, I'm sorry I'm not naming anybody else. I just recognize the one guy really well, uh, Tom Segura. He is a comedian, has a podcast with, uh, it's called Your Mom's House or whatever. That's what um, Mark Malberg is. That's, that's the same oh guy from, from that whole hilarious skit. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a great movie. It, basically, the premise is you download an app. It tells you how long you have to live. And it winds up coming true for all of the people who are downloading it. And they, you know, they find out they're, so obviously if you get a thing that says you're going to die in six days and it seems to be happening, you know, that would cause chaos in your life. Yeah. So. And I would say, so you said souffle. fear and like, I guess thriller slash horror mixed with like a little comedic. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that fear street. Yeah, totally. Trilogy yeah. in like the sense that there's like 
there's a ton of like that's a good comparison like violent funny not funny death but like there's there's comedic campy. aspects and then yeah it's campy and I, I I think I enjoy that genre of horror if you guys remember when we talked about those movies I think we did a it might have been yeah. a full movie cast, but we definitely talked about the whole trilogy, those Fear Street movies. Um, if you liked that kind of stuff, this is a definite watch for you. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I think that Tom Segura guy in the movie, he like made the movie for me. All of his dialogue made me chuckle. I just thought it was his dialogue was also very well written. So good movie. Check it out. And it's also super nice and short. Next movie, No One Gets Out Alive, 2021, Critics 60, Audience 41, runtime 127. This was basically a, a hardworking girl, you know, like working in a sweatshop trying to save up money. I think she's an illegal immigrant, but she's trying to help out her family or her mom or, or, or I can't remember exactly what it is. It, I don't remember what it is. Some that, combination that's of those exactly factors. That's exactly what it is. She... And she stays in this boarding house that is supposed to be for all women. And then things are not what they seem, and she starts seeing weird stuff going on. The The owner is a freaky dude. He he was the same guy in a random episode of Curb. He played a Klansman in the most recent ep- uh, season oh of Curb, God. Yeah, which I was an amazing episode with Woody Harrelson. But um, interesting movie, really built up the... Um, I'd say watch Total for me. watch for me, especially because I don't want to spoil anything. It wound up getting a little... Um, Guillermo del Toro-ish toward the end. And that's all I'm going to say. If that doesn't mean anything anything to you, then don't, you know, don't look it up or whatever. Don't risk any yeah. spoilers. Yeah, I love the way that it um, wound up. I liked the direction that I saw the movie taking as it got further in. I I don't know how to do, else to describe it without giving away No, and, and I do things. I do agree. Like, I, the ending was really awesome. So, Anyways, next movie, and we mentioned either on the last episode or two episodes ago that we were going to do a Harrison Ford weekend with uh, Claire and Tommy, and we were going to watch three movies in one day, and amazingly, we pulled it off. We started off with the first movie, went to the um, beer fest that we talked about, and watched two later that evening. So the first one, Witness, 1985, Critics, 93, Audience, 80. Runtime, 152. Basically, the story, um, the self-referential name is about a young Amish boy who witnesses a murder in public, and obviously the murderers don't know that he's there, and then they find out that there's this witness, and the, the bad guys, once again, dirty, like corrupt cops, they're trying to get a hold, of, like find this kid and track down the good guy, Harrison Ford, who is sheltering and protecting him and his family. He winds up living among the Amish, which was really cool, like seeing kind of a window into the, like the the stuff that they do, like building a barn and literally one day, like just erecting the entire structure. There was something about it. It was, it was just a feel good movie for me for some reason, even though it was kind of long, long, 152, but I would call it a watch. Yeah, definitely. You, you liked it? It was a little long, but I'd call it a watch. So that was the first Harrison Ford movie. It was a success. Then we got home from the beer fest and watched Patriot Games, which I, I recognize I've seen that art so many times for that movie. So I was really looking forward to seeing it. I think it's sort of regarded as, as you know, one of Harrison Ford's better action movies. I like the subject matter. It's uh, There's like an IRA 
um, Irish Rep Republican Army terrorist attack. And um, there's this whole thing where one of the terrorists uh, is killed and then basically the brother of the terrorist who is killed, he swears to, to take revenge on Harrison Ford uh, because of, of his role in, in killing his brother. And here's a weird experience that I had with this movie. I, I think we all did. Granted, we were out in the sun and we had a lot of beers, each of us, at that beer fest. But no other drugs. We're just drinking. But I felt like I was on drugs watching that movie. Right? Thief, because I just typed in Patriot Games into like Google <laughs> Images because I'm trying to recall the movie and I only can recall the scene of where they're in like that big open square and the mm -hmm. gunshots are at the, like the cars and they're sheltering the family. I literally have no idea what else is going on. I think, I think it's a good action movie and honestly, I, I want to revisit it one day. One thing I will give to Patriot Games it was the cast was kind of crazy. I do remember that. Um, in addition to Harrison Ford, had a couple other big names, um, Sean Bean, Samuel L. Jackson, and Richard Harris. That was really cool. I, I know he's Irish, so I feel like he lent some verisimilitude to the movie. That's a new word I learned uh, reading on the what to know section of the Rotten Tomatoes part of the movie. But alas, that cast couldn't necessarily save it. Another interesting thing I saw, though, is that it's actually a sequel to The Hunt for Red October, which is a classic John McTiernan film. Um, he, I don't know if you guys know uh, that name. John McTiernan, he put out three bangers right in a row in 87, 88, and 1990, Predator, Die Hard, and Hunt for Red October, and a couple other good movies, too, um, Last Action Hero among them as well. But uh, yeah, I didn't know those two were related. It's all Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy Tom novels. Tom Clancy. Yeah. I was just going to say they're all Tom, Tom Clancy yep. novels. Yep. And there's a new Tom Clancy um, movie, uh, Without Remorse. It's got, um, what's his face in it? I, for, I, can't do, I can't do actor names. I can do character names. This is like an issue for me. But yeah, Without Remorse is a newer one that, that is um, either has already come out or is, a, is supposed to be released pretty soon. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Or Guy Pierce. Uh, uh, you're talking about Michael B. Jordan, yes. though, I assume. He, he plays um, Jack Ryan. And I remember, I think I've read this book. The, the book, I haven't obviously seen the movie. I've read the book several times when I was much younger. And I remember really liking, of all of the books, I liked that one the most. I tried to read Patriot Games. Couldn't get very far. Interesting. I, I don't know. It, it, again, I... I like reading fantasy and sci-fi and, and stuff that people don't really care about. Forty-five, thirty-eight on Without Remorse, by the uh, way. It's not great. Yeah. But we promised to give a Tommy exclusive rating for this movie, which I thought was hilarious. It was a lot funnier when he said it, and it might have been something else. But he his official rating is skip unless you have nothing else to do. It's just it's crazy because it's rated well. I think it's regarded pretty highly. I don't know if I did I read this stuff already? 1992, yeah. 74 critics, 72 audience, 156 runtime. But man, it's just it again, I kind of want to revisit it, but it did not leave a lasting impression on me. So and it was I, I actually a matter of fact, I think I fell asleep for the like the last 
30 minutes of the movie or something like Listen. that. And Tommy was like, you didn't miss anything. I don't remember anything about that movie other than the shooting in the square or like the, whatever you want to call it. Like, cause it doesn't take place in Russia. I have no idea where it took place. I don't know if that's oh, accurate. I don't even know it. Yeah, I would agree with Tommy, unless you just want to like look at the void. But even if you want nothing to do, you're better off watching The Witness because at least you get to watch some Amish folk build a barn. I like you learn some life skills there. I disagree. I would if you have nothing to do, I would watch the third movie. So Oh. Cowboys and Aliens. 2011, 44 critics, 43 audience, 158 runtime. We were under the influence. But my rating is skip unless under the influence. I I think it's a yeah. fun sit down and just be like, fuck it. And, you know, watch a stupid movie. But it it was a little bit more engaging because it was weird and interesting. Because it has Dan Craig and, has and Harrison Ford. Yeah. There's a sci-fi aspect to it. Totally. So I had never seen it before we watched it. And I'll admit... I was way too excited for what that movie delivered, and I thought, um, I don't know what I thought I was getting into. I thought it was going to be like this much, like this huge thing, but I was kind of like, I I don't know. I I was disappointed at the scale of Cowboys versus Aliens. I went in with very tempered expectations because I knew it kind of fell flat commercially and critically. Actually, I shouldn't say commercially because I don't know, but critically for sure. But I think for the same amount of time, if you're just bored, that one is probably a better bet. But I feel like maybe I'm going to regret this in the future because I am one of these days going to give Patriot Games another shot whenever I am normal and sober. But that was our Harrison Ford weekend. Actually, the third movie, that was more of a Daniel Craig movie with Harrison Harrison Ford attached. That's That's a good point. It so was much more heavy Dan Craig, yeah, which is and fine because he's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. Um, a few more movies we can blaze through these. This is weird because I have seen... So I, I saw all of these before. Tara had only seen the first one of these three movies. But I think it's worth bringing up because I can't forget that like it's worth talking about them even if we have seen them before. At Black Friday, I bought the Ultra HD 4K uh, versions of Prometheus and Alien Covenant because I'm an alien freak. Anybody who knows me knows that. Like those movies are that whole franchise is very formative for me. Prometheus is 2012, 73 critics, 68 audience, 203 runtime. I don't think I had seen it since it came out actually, and it basically is it's a prequel to Alien. It gives you some more backstory on Wayland Yutani and, and and the founder. And basically how everything comes to fruition. And I'm just going to say this. I think it's a must watch whether you're an Alien fan or not. If you're an Alien fan, obviously you should be seeing it. Even if not, it's on its own a really good film. I mean, the grandiosity of it, Michael Fassbender as the android, it is just so good. I... I was thrilled revisiting that movie and watching it for the second time because I, I didn't remember loving it as much as I did this time around. I think one of the things that, especially for Alien fans, um, I feel like, I feel like those are dedicated to people that are fans of Alien and like the whole genre and like yep. that, or that whole franchise. 
Because to someone who doesn't really know or care, that's just going to be dumb nonsense to them. But the reason it's so good for people that really care about Alien is there's so much lore and backstory that builds the rest of the Alien, uh, you know, the movies, like the, like the original movies. Like you see Prometheus and you see like all this origin stuff. And like, I know we're going to talk about Covenant next. Covenant's kind of like the same to me as well. Like Covenant had a lot of interesting lore bites and like things that happened that led to this and that. And it's just interesting to put all those together and you're like, wow, damn, they're, that's how Alien came about. Well, before we move on to Covenant, I, I disagree in the sense that I don't think it would be stupid to somebody who doesn't know anything about it. That's my point. I think it is such a good movie that it's just good as a standalone movie on its own. You don't have to know anything. I don't know how you can know nothing about Alien living if you live anywhere other than under a rock because it's such an iconic franchise. But regardless, it's a must-watch in my opinion. Would you say it's a must-watch or a watch in your opinion? For people, Prometheus. For people that are fans of sci-fi in general and then you know even farther, I would say definitely must-watch. Some people just aren't into that. Yeah. yeah Some well, people might fair. say Monster's a must-watch. I mean, you could say that about yeah. any other so, genre so, too. Yeah. This, this is just our opinion and what yeah. we think so are good movies So my opinion movies, is definitely movies. must watch because cool. I love yeah. all that it's, jazz. Yeah, own it. It's all good. Uh, Alien Covenant, as we mentioned, 2017, 65 critics, 55 audience, 202 runtime. So this takes place between Prometheus and the first Alien movie. I want to say it was 10 to, 10 to 15 years after the events of uh, Prometheus chronologically. And... It's not as good as Prometheus, but there are some uh, good, if predictable, twists in it. There's a lot of uncomfortable moments where you're dreading something that's going to happen, and then it does happen. But it's really well done. And Ridley Scott is awesome. He's he's actually one of my favorite directors. I loved what he did with these prequel films, and I do think there's a third one coming out I hope. at some point, and I can't wait for it, but... Um, if if I called Prometheus a much a must watch, Alien Covenant is a watch. Yeah. But in general, just watch all the Alien movies. And don't get me wrong, Alien Resurrection is ridiculous and campy, and uh, Alien Three is is kind of rough. But the whole franchise is just so good. It's yep. it's very and Alien One is one of the most important movies of all time. And then and we get to Alien vs Predator, and that's a whole other. I'm not even going to talk about those. Uh... I saw them one time, and I'll probably never see them again um i like the first one i'm sure they're fun yeah, yeah but they're not it's, important it's a pyramid under antarctica it's so cool just watch the thing that takes place in antarctica no, but and it's no 400 times better yeah but there's no pyramid the thing okay <laughs> here's a funny one so i watched this as a kid you know a teenager this was tara's first one first uh time with this movie final fantasy 7 advent children here we go 2004, don't look. <laughs> Critics 50, audience 84, runtime 140. It's a story of events after Final Fantasy VII, the original video game. What did you think? What's your rating? Just say it. Skip. It's a skip. It's stupid. I mean, if you want to watch... The reason I'm not giving it an avoid at all costs... Oh, no. God, no. ...is because I think the art and the way that they created the movie is so well done 
visually from a not storyline sure. or plot or anything else. The mu the movie's beautiful. The music is great. Like everything. And it's is, old at this point. And it's old at this point. Like when was that? When did that come out? Two thousand four. Oh my gosh! That the fact that they created that back in two thousand four. I don't even know. That looks like something that is in like modern day video games. Yeah. Like it looked like almost like the same kind of art style that they used in the new seven remake. Look, game. just so everybody knows, newcomers too. Final Fantasy seven is a top three favorite game of all time for me. And I wanted to love it so much more. It's just, it's really hard to follow. And I, I felt kind of dumb watching it. It's just weird. Visually beautiful sound. You know, all the sound is great. I had no fucking idea what was going on. (laughs) And we would watch like 40 minutes of it. And then we would shut it off and ignore it for six months. And then we turn it back on. And then six months, (laughs) six weeks, And then we turn it back on and we're like, I don't even know what is happening. And then, I, I, again, I don't know. I, have, I literally have no clue. It just, it looked great and the music was awesome. And if you're a fan of Seven, like, you know, you and whoever else are really into video games, I would definitely say give it a, a watch. <laughs> take, a, take a gander. So watch for fans only, I guess. Yeah. If, if you're a ravenous Final Fantasy VII fan, then maybe. Otherwise, it's not important. Um, I wonder if I'll get any feedback on that from the most hardcore, diehard fans of Final Fantasy VII. But we'll see. I have a bonus for you. Oh, no. Bonus movie. So, Tommy has mentioned to me that he and Claire might start doing a couple of series casts just to help out whenever we have sort of a dearth of content or can't get together or whatever. Um, I like that idea because the more content, the merrier. And they watch more series. We watch more movies. Mm-hmm. And we just watch Sopranos literally endlessly. That's the only series. Yeah. I mean, we're watching new series here and there. Um, but if they start doing that, great. They can sort of... You know, you and I did Midnight Mass, but that was just a limited series. Yeah. They stay, they watch a lot more modern stuff and longer running series. Like Like the boys. They're really into the boys and Ozark, I know for sure. Yeah. So, um, but one more limited series that we did dive into because it's a limited series. Another Mike Flanagan production, if you will, Haunting of Hill House. I had heard a lot of good things about this from several people. Um, 2018, Critics 93, Audience 91. There's 10 episodes. They're roughly an hour each, so let's call it a 10-hour time investment. Um, Not too much unlike Midnight Mass. What are your thoughts? It's a a classic haunted, uh, haunted house, haunted ghosts and shit story following a family. Really, really strong. And petered out at the end for me. Um, it gets better a little, or worse than Midnight Mass. I would say worse. I like yeah. Midnight Mass more. I um, do. I think I think I like Midnight Mass more. I mean, being a cradle Catholic, I mean, a lot of the stuff in that show is stuff that I grew up with. So it's like there's familiarity there. I liked the supernatural aspect of it. I again, the ending isn't perfect, but I thought the ending of Midnight Mass was better. Because it, there, it, there's, mm-hmm. it's more, ta- it's a tangible ending if that makes any sense at all. This haunting of Hill House started off strong, and I was watching this to have a thriller slash you know horror 
experience and like, you know, have jump scares and like really have it be profound. But it ends up just, and I've noticed this with a lot of his stuff, it ends up just getting kind of diatribe, tribe Like he like, and I, and I love all the characters and the actors that he uses. I think they all work well together and it's nice seeing like familiar faces pop back in and out of his, his different productions. Yep. Um, but I can tell in specifically midnight mass and the haunting of Hill house. Um, there are just things he has to get off his chest and that's fine. Like I, I like, I like that, but at the same time it just takes away. And then by, by the end of haunting of Hill house, by the very end of it, I was just kind of like, Oh, and I, you shouldn't do that when you start off a show and you're kind of like, oh shit, oh fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, you're scared shitless or like, you know, you're sweating, you're nervous, heart rate's up. And then by the, the, by the last episode, you're like, oh. If you want some good scares, it definitely delivers on that. In there, the first half. The, in, it's just, it's weird because I feel like Mike Flanagan has so much potential in a lot of what he does in his limited series. And this is just from my perspective. And then it they kind of peters out and tapers off yeah. a little bit. You Give know? me something dark. Give me some nasty shit that doesn't have a happy well, ending. I don't know. We're not saying it has a happy ending per se, no, by the way. No. Not trying to spoil. But the feelings of an audience member, like as you're watching what is happening, I would describe the feelings that I felt at the end of the show. They, they were, were, not, tu- they they were, were touching not the same and, as how you fit, felt in the first half. Yeah, and, and they I were agree. touching and moving and like, you know, you fit, feel a little emotion there. Um, but again, I, I wanted to watch a horror show, you know, and I only got that, you know, for most of it. And then and then the curtain is lifted and you kind of see more things and you're, it takes away the scare factor that you had previously, if that makes sense. There, there was... Um, I'll, I'll say um, if anybody watches it or has watched it, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not giving anything away. When you learn about one of the ghosts, sort of the origin of the ghost and how it appears, the bent neck lady. That's exactly what I was that thinking of. shit was amazing. That yeah. kind of stuff. Like if he had capitalized more on that aspect of it, oh my God, that was mind blowing. But it kind of he he kind of revealed it, and then it was like it didn't matter, and it didn't yeah. go anywhere. So, and, and, I don't know. well, yeah. I, again, I don't want to spoil it if, if this isn't spoiler cast, and this isn't a movie. Yeah, because we're not going deep, deep on this. Yeah, but not what, a deep dive. Would you say watch or skip? I'd say watch. I would lean toward watch as well. It's, it, like if if soft you're looking watch. if for you're me, looking for something watch. scary to watch that's longer than a movie, soft watch from both of us. Yeah. Anyways. That wraps up our movie rundown. Hope you guys enjoyed, found it helpful. Um, we actually had a, I think I mentioned this, we had a longtime listener ask about whether or not we had a chart or anything, and we do have those in the CHP Discord. So um, if you do uh, happen to become a patron, we have nice handy-dandy little charts in one of the uh, channels in there, the movie and show recommendation, with all the stuff that I just ran through so you don't have to take notes or anything. But um, anyways... Thank you for listening. Um, we're going to get together here again with uh, Tommy as soon as possible whenever we get back from this this wedding that we're going on. And I guess my my last piece of advice really is just to, to go play Hades on PS4 or Xbox because it has consumed my life since we got back from Outer Banks. And holy shit, it's one of the best games I've ever played. That's all. What do you have to say about Hades, Tara? Um, watch or skip? Watch. <laughs>
Let it, why, let it, watch let it your take husband over your play life. It, yeah. Watch. Okay, perfect. No, Good answer. I love seeing the joy that it brings you. I, I have not played something so voraciously or addictively since Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, whenever you and I played that. Um, that's, it's like a spiritual yeah. successor because it's the, the creator of uh, Symphony of the Night. And we beat that in one sitting, I remember. We sat down in the morning. I was like, oh, you got to see, this is a new game that came out. I gave you the backstory. And we played it until we beat it. And it was, you know, yeah. 11 or midnight or whatever. And it was insane. And you know what's also nice? So, But you can't, you can't play that for 100 hours. No. This Hades, oh man, it's, you could it's probably, a problem. You could probably play that other game for 100 hours on several playthroughs if you didn't want to like look Maybe. up well if you didn't want to look up and like you didn't do like 100% completion on your first run you know shit like that but for Hades at least like I'm interested in playing it but I'm also watching you, you, you play wrecked. it <laughs> no shut up yeah you would no but I also I just watch you play that literally all day long and so I'm like why do I need to play it when I'm seeing what's happening? And I see all the weapons. I see the play style. I see all the bosses. I'm, I know the boss moves. Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm along for the ride. Little backpack. Yep. I, I almost thought about having a Hades cast, but I don't know. Cheers, everybody. Hope we gave you some uh, good movies to go check out and hopefully at least one to avoid at all costs. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. If love is the answer, you're home. Tara, speak into your shit. Speaking into my shit.